Welcome to 3R Educational Solutions, the podcast that empowers educators to create thriving learning environments with social-emotional learning at the core. Hi, welcome back to 3R Educational Solutions. I'm Angel, and Cassie is with me again, as usual, and joining us today is my friend and colleague, Andrea and Andrea McConaughey, and she and I have known each other, and we we just dated it for Cassie because this is their first meeting. We've known each other since the fall of 1994. I said 97 earlier, 94. Yeah, it was not yeah we were coloring yep hudson hall at northwest missouri state (laughs) and uh we were coloring hills for homecoming whatever (laughs) so we go back a long ways andrea knows some stories about me and vice versa hers are probably better um (laughs) her stories anyway but um, just want Andrea just introduce yourself and tell us um, kind of your teaching experience and where you just to give everybody an idea of where you fit in on our team because you are a three R team member. I don't know if you really knew that or not, but you are. <laughs> All right. Well, um, right now, currently, I am a seven twelve art teacher. Um, I feel like most of my experience comes from my previous experiences being an alternative school um, teacher. Uh, I also do some homeschooling stuff with parents. I'm on our, I'm an instructional strategist for our school. But like I said, most of my experience comes from the alternative school. Those are the kids that I feel have my heart. That's where I would be if I could still be in this district and have that job back. That's where I would go. Um, Just because I'm the teacher at school that they say, oh, this kid, he's, you know, got some problems or she's some, though, I guess I'm a competitive enough person. This is what I was thinking earlier. I'm competitive enough and I was never like a great athlete. So my competition side comes out when one teacher says, oh, I can't do anything with this kid. I can't get him to do it. So then I'm like, okay, guess what? (laughs) I can do it. Bring him. I want him. I'm going to do it. You like the challenge? I do. 100%. And she says that though, but she, you're really, she's really good at building relationships with those kids. And I mean, I've been to her house. She's had to be a stand-in parent, but she just, okay. And she's also my no BS person. So when I'm pulling some angel whining BS, Andrea will be like, now, okay, are you whining or is this real? And um, that's just her personality. And honestly, that's, that's, she's my, the first friend I had that really did that in a way that I'm like, okay, but she's still my friend. She's not really judging me. She's still my friend. So she has that as a, I'm giving you a plug. You have that um, edge about you that kids, kids know you're not just filling them full of crap and you're going to call them. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important too. I mean, like I, I have high school kids, so this is different with high school kids, but my expectations are very high. I have, and I, I fail kids in art. They'll take my class and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to take this because it's an easy art class, you know, that kind of stuff. 
And I, even my best art students, I have an art student last year that got the People's Choice Awards and the U.S. Congressional Artist, I mean, it was a big old thing. And she got, her artwork is in a congressman's, hanging in a congressman's office right now. And she got an A- minus in my class. Because yes. I just, I, I do everything in on an individual basis. Big thing. What is fair isn't equal, and what's equal isn't always fair. Mm -hmm. That's yep, exactly. Yep, you're a hard ass. I am. <laughs> Which that's why they put those kids in your room. You have to I, be sometimes. You have to put up those yeah. expectations and boundaries for them, or not just sometimes. You always do. Like you have to put that well, out I, there. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things is is that. They have your, your follow through. They have to know if you say it, you're going to do it. Even if and that's, that's parenting too. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen kids that just walk all over their parents and it's because there's no follow through. I'm taking your phone and an hour later they have it back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And they're just like, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So, um, She's that teacher. She gets she gets those kids. And if you're watching on you, if you're not watching on YouTube, I just did air quotes. But she gets those kids. And I talked about that too, where I was always kind of assigned like this kid just needs some consistency and some love and accountability. And I was always like, I don't get it. Why why are these kids being thrown into my room? And but then I became the buddy room for that kid throughout the day. And then the next year, I became the um, oh I lost my word in the morning triage for those kids just come in have your breakfast in my room chit chat mm -hmm. and um like two or three of them are popping in my brain right now but that's that's just what they need when you were talking about having the buddy room you've talked about that on a couple other things and i always think so when i taught after i did was the alternative school and they shut that down because of funding and I was a full-time teacher and I got down to having like five kids all day, you know, so it just wasn't feasible, but they put me into the at-risk coordinator position. So I had junior high study hall for like three periods a day. And every kid that had a, every junior high kid, seventh and eighth grade that had a D or an F, I had them for study hall. And my sole job was to get them to raise their grades. So we would come in, they would come in at 7.30 in the morning before they had a science test. And I would buy them some donuts if they came, you know. And those kids have now graduated from high school. That's how long I've been doing this. Those kids have been, have graduated from high school. And some of them have said, I would have never got through seventh grade science because our, our science is really hard our teacher is really good we get really high test scores but it's rough and they would say i would have never got through seventh grade science if you hadn't had those study sessions first thing in the morning you know stuff like that so mm -hmm. that kind of puts and, a little better and i feel life. like i don't know what so andrea i forgot to mention uh she teaches in iowa um so I've uh, in Missouri, I feel like um, we, we, we have a shortage of teachers yes. and um, 
we had like, it's almost like, and I'm not saying this in a bad way because some people that felt like they, they just couldn't do school anymore, but would have made a great teacher. They're doing really great, but there are some people that are like, anybody can teach and they're in there. And I think, oh my gosh, these kids that Andrew is talking about, they're not getting that. They're not getting, because it's a check-in, check-out. They, there's no staying before or after school. And, and in my world, it was like, you're a contracted job. So if your job isn't done, you stay or you come early. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're, if you didn't plan for the next day, you stay Yep. and you get your plan ready. And it's, it's the, the mind mental shift. It has changed so much. And cause you're, they're like, well, my contract says I don't have to be here till 745 and I can leave it 315. And I'm like, but you also, your contract also says you have to, have to do this job. So if you're not doing effectively, then you, you better figure out where to stay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a whole, and it makes me sound like an old person saying that, but I feel like that's what I am an old person, but I feel like that's what education is missing in Missouri anyway. I don't know about Iowa or the surrounding states. Well, I, I feel like the, I mean, the teachers that are coming in, um, my, the district that I work in is also the district that I went to school in. I went, K through 12 in the same district that I teach in. Aww, now, that's kind of cool. Thankfully, none of the teachers are the same anymore. They've all <laughs> retired. But I did have to teach with a few of the teachers that taught me in the beginning. Um, and I don't know if it's, it's, I, I feel like it's loyalty. Like there's no loyal. I mean, like my whole, whole goal after I decided I was going to get married because I also married someone that I went to school with from kindergarten to 12th grade but I knew we were gonna move back here and my whole thing was when I came to the realization that I'm not gonna be able to sit in a little cafe in Europe and draw things was I'm gonna have to I'm gonna be a teacher because I can do art that way also so I knew that if I came back here, that I knew that people knew me and that I wanted to do the best that I could because my whole family is here. And I don't, I think that kids now going through, they don't have a tie to their community. Yeah. Because they move around a lot. And it's easy. Right. And And we talk about disconnect too. There's been a disconnect. Um, due to the pandemic and not, I, I keep, we keep blaming the pandemic, but I think technology is to blame too. Yeah. They, oh, they don't yeah. know how to talk on the phone or look each other in the eye or shake anyone's hand. They don't know how to do they that. They know how to take pictures and they know how to send a Snapchat and they know how to oh, you know, text, but that's the, but the actual face-to-face communication. There's definitely like a disconnect going on. Well, I, I've realized that just in the time that I've been teaching the kids that I taught in the, you know, 20 years ago act totally different than the ones that I have. They are different. Yeah. So I hate it when people say kids aren't different, you know, society's different. Kids are different. And we talk about that with the brain science and trauma and how the brain's wired and they are, your brain is, their brains are literally wired differently. Well, and their coping skills aren't even close to the same. Yes. Right. For numerous, numerous reasons. But I mean, they they just sometimes don't even have coping skills, it seems like. Yeah. Even when they're in high school. So there's a lot of that, which I'm sure that that brain, I know that the brain science and the ACEs and all that stuff that you guys have been talking about, too. 
all of that fits right into yeah. it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, the, you were talking about the alter alternative school and the, um, I can't remember if you mentioned since we recorded that you're an instructional strategist for capturing, no, for a lead teacher for capturing kids' hearts. I, our, uh, our, my district has set up our, um, I don't know, we call it, it, we call it a TLS program, um, but it's with the instructional coaches and all that. We have revamped our, we started out in one way, one setup, and then we switched it to another, and now we're switching it. I mean, we switch it every couple of years, and I was a Capturing Kids Heart lead teacher, and I was the one who went back and forth. We had four of us through our whole district, and I was the one who went back and forth between the high school, junior high, and the elementary. So I had some elementary teachers in there too. And my purpose, I guess, in doing that was to make sure that the teachers were following, there's a, a the Capturing Kids Hearts has an Excel model. So we were followed, that they were following the Excel model and to help engage with engaging kids, which in turn, goes into behavior modification and stuff like that because I don't and I don't mean to sound conceited or vain or any of this stuff here but I do not have behavior problems in my classroom I I don't so, I really so what do you think? So when you, you obviously have been recognized and that was one of the things that I talked about as being recognized as a teacher and that was one of the reasons they told me, like, to, we want you to be your first instructional coach is I didn't have behavior issues. I rarely referrals. And if there was, it was a legit reason they're in there. It wasn't just because they made me mad or I had a confrontation. Um, what do you attribute? Do you can you stick your thumb right on some strategies that you use in your classroom? Um, well, every single morning, well, every single class period. We are, I am at the door greeting every single kid that comes in. Yep. Threshold. Every single one. It's changed throughout the years. I will admit we used to, I used to shake everyone's hand. Then COVID hit and some people are just uncomfortable and they're still uncomfortable with that. Yeah. So then, you know, some of the kids you do fist bump. Some of the kids, I mean, I got some kids that I hug every morning and they're, 18 years old. Um, I have and some, I just say, good morning, good afternoon. How's your day been before I ever even step foot into the classroom. So one that uh, is called threshold. If you teach like a champion, that's one of the, he, they call it threshold. You're greeting them at the threshold. And if you go to our website soon, I will have that up as five things teachers do great. So I'm listening to your strategies and I'm going to see if I've hit all five things in my, in my presentation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that was, that is our engage piece. We call that engage. That's our engage piece. And then, um, you know, we do good things every period. Well, we're supposed to do them every period, every day. Um, I do not do them every day because I have high school kids and I have some of them more than one period a day. So, um, and it's just good things. And you just, as they're sitting down, getting out their 
stuff, you know, whatever. You're like, hey, Colton, what what was something that's gone good today? Or what is something that happened last night that you're excited about? You know, you can guide those questions to whatever. And then, you know, if there is nothing, because sometimes it's crickets in there when you say that, you can say, you know, oh, hey, um, Amy, how was the track meet last night? How'd you do? You know, and they want sometimes want to steer it to the negative, but you always got you have to bring them back and you know, be like, oh come on, you had you did you how did you run or how did the team do? And our team, our track team is really good, so they always do good. So there's always something positive. Yeah. Um, so we that's the next thing we do, and then as the year goes on, um, we have kids do it. So then there's two or three minutes where we have to do our attendance, you know, stuff like that set up in the art room. So I have a whole gamut of things that I got to do before the kids actually get in there between classes. So you can have kids do it. I have kids meet and greet for me sometime. I have this, I have a kid who's a junior in high school and he loves nothing better than to be the very first one in my room and for me to be sitting back standing back at the sink cleaning something up from the last class and to say hunter i need you to greet for me today oh okay okay so <laughs> and we always are i always have music playing i know that you talked a lot about music and how you have happy music and all that kind of stuff I always have music playing. It's usually the Dallas String Quartet because I love it. Um, mm. But um, just, you know, it's usually just instrumental stuff. In the mornings, it's like, you know, YouTube morning coffee music. And then yeah. you have to upbeat as the day goes on, that kind of uh -huh. So, so that uh, starts. So, and you said you, when you said, you, I don't have uh, behavior issues and you're not just talking about in your art classroom, you used to do the alternative ed program. Mm -hmm. And if you, so that's, those are the kids that get sent out there because they have behavior issues. So they come out there. Um, and have you said that yet? Like that you were the director for that program as well. You just said, oh, that's maybe. where you started. Yeah. I, I don't remember what we talked about. But um, did you, you never had big behavior oh, issues out there? No. I mean, you. I had the, you know, the kids that if they were going to get in a fight, they were going to get in a fight, that kind of a thing, but not, no, not a lot of disrespect. Or if they did, you just nip it in the butt right off the bat. And that also comes from our choice in and choice out, our discipline policy, um, we have a social contract. Every classroom has a social contract that the kids make up. So there's some buy-in there. They're accountable. They have to sign their name to it at the beginning of the semester. We review it, you know, say some teachers have like words that they use on it. And there's questions that they have to answer. This sounds like a lot, I know, but it's a lot easier now because the kids, I mean, we started this capturing kids' hearts. I started teaching at Wayne ooh, 23 years ago. Oh, geez. 23 years ago, I started teaching here. And the superintendent we had at that time found this program and thought it was great. And I was the first group to go. 
to be school wide. Like oh. everybody who works in that district does this bus Our drivers, bus drivers lunch lady, everybody. Oh, wow. everybody. Wow. Every aid. I mean, next week we're going. We're on the capturing kids' heart two thing, and now we're into the personal stuff. So I had to like fill out this thing with three hundred, go through three hundred adjectives to see what described me, and then I had to send it to four of my colleagues so they could fill it out for me, and then I'm going to get this compiled thing about my personality and what I am should be good at and what I'm going to struggle at in this program. Send it to me. Send it to me. I want to fill it out. I know. It's, me too. It's a lot. It's a lot. You need some adjectives from Angel in there. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a lot because we just do it and that's just how it, that's just what our school has become. So it's not. It's in the, the whole culture. And the, yeah, but I love the, that. Like when you start oh at the beginning and it's the same all the way through. Mm -hmm. I mean, those, it, those kids, when they get to high school, like none of this stuff throws them off. Cause it's, I just love that. It's a whole school culture. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I think I interrupted and, you. No, that's fine. And, and Jenny mentioned that too, about yoga. Like it's not weird because they've been doing it since they were little. Mm -hmm. So by the time they get to the middle school and high school, it's just something you do like, okay, we need to take a brain break. Everybody breathe or everybody stand up and stretch and you know, just moving their body and stuff. They're like, what are we doing? Like, I don't want to do this. Or if they hear classical music every single day in the classroom from the time they start preschool, it's not weird when they walk into your, me, my English language arts classroom and I'm playing classical music. Right. So, so um, talking about your, your strategies in your classroom as an art teacher, um, what are some things that you notice? We're going to kind of get to the art therapy side. And I know you're not an art therapist, but I do know that just as a kid, coloring for me was therapeutic. And my friend, Julie, who's a counselor, like she had the little adult coloring at her desk and I would sit on the other side and just be chatting with her. Next thing I know, I like told her everything. I mm -hmm. spill my soul. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's why it's there. Cause kids come in and they do that and they forget what they're doing and they just start talking. So what do you notice, Andrea? Um, they do better. So my, I do a lot of choice boards where this is, you know, I'm, I'm really just teaching the technique and what they get out of it is what they get out of it. You know, um, if they know how to paint and they know how to use the paints properly, that's what I'm judging. What they put on the paper that, or the canvas, what that's their deal. And they know that we do a lot of, I do have the adult coloring books. They don't get grades for it, but if they're having a day, they know where they are. They know where the markers are that you can use and they can go and sit and do that. And that's perfectly fine with me because they're doing art. And those are usually the kids who get done with their projects really fast. So they have, you know, stuff to do. So I always give them a choice of things that they want to do. They, I never say, oh, we are going to copy this picture. No, I, I can't handle that either. You have to have, you have to produce an original piece. You can take three or four different pictures and put them together, but you have to have an original piece. So I want them to use their brains. I actually have a thing that hangs above my board that they all look at every day that says, have you used your brain today? Because I feel like, and this might be biased, but 
I feel like in math, you can sit down and you can regurgitate numbers and I can put this in the right order and make it work. But in art, you have to think with your own brain to come up with stuff. And it's really, really hard for people, yeah. for kids. I mean, yeah. I think it's hard for people in general, but I mean, to find something that you like and not have to, and not just regurgitate it, you have to make it your own. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's the answer you were thinking of there. Well, I think being engaged and actually like, this is my piece, I have to think of it. Um, when I was at the uh, private sector organization, I would go into the art room every day. I shouldn't say every day, but every day that I went in, one, the first few times I just went in to observe, because that's your job as an instructional coach. The kids that just had a complete meltdown in another room, they come in and you don't hear a peep out of them and they are focused and she's got soft music and it's just, it's amazing because I'm like, I, I want to stay in here and this is where I want to get to know the kids rather than in here where they're triggered because they're frustrated about math. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree, like they, when you're telling them to regurgitate it, they're like, why? I don't, I don't need this. But when they go into the art, art room and they're just music soft music playing she's just like okay she kind of gives them a choice of do you want to work on this do you want to work on this okay get your projects this is the whole focus of what we're doing but here are your choices that go with this goal yeah so like your art um uh help me goal your art i keep saying goal curriculum so yes. we're yeah, yeah. We're working on this standard but you can choose these two or three projects mm -hmm. okay so these art strategies that I use, um, I use a lot of questioning. Questioning and questioning, questioning. They come up with ideas and then I ask them, okay, so why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do that? To make them think. Because I, I feel like kids don't have to, they have to think, but they don't have to think for themselves very yes. much. I always tell of my classes, which this is a little sidebar here, but I they'll when they you know get on their high horse about how oh, you think you're smarter than me, that kind of a thing. I'm like I am smarter than you. I graduated <laughs> from high school and college without Google. I am smarter than you, <laughs> and that just then they're like silent, like oh, well I could never pass this without some math website or something like that so yeah. okay, a little sidebar but so I want them to have to think about what they are doing I have a girl and she had her final project and they have to do all of the techniques that we use during that we learn during the semester they have to choose three of those techniques and they have to use two different mediums and put it all together for one picture, one whatever. It doesn't have to be a painting. I mean, you know, various things. And she struggled all year with all of this stuff. And finally, she came up with these two pictures. And what she was, it was a bridge with a guy jumping out of an airplane. And it said... I can't remember the exact words, but something about being free and stuff like that. 
this girl also has some a, a history that I know about. And I thought that it was something dark and bad, you know. Um, and when I got the questioner about it, she's like, no, it's I, I feel like if you would jump out of an airplane, you'd feel so free. And she did it over like the the golden gate bridge is what she this person was jumping over she's like i just always feel like that place is magical because in pictures you know and it has the clouds and all this and i was like okay yes you can do that that is not what i thought she was talking about at all but they have to she would have never explained that to me if you didn't if i wouldn't have asked her yeah and just listen to what she was saying mm-hmm Sometimes it throws kids totally off. They're like, I don't know. That's not an acceptable answer. Cannot say I don't know or I don't care in my room. That's just a rule. And they just stand there and stare at me. <laughs> stare right back. So I don't know if those are really strategies, I guess, but. Well, I think so. And like with what you're just talking about, I used to do the same thing whenever we would do songwriting or we would do like just even just a little line of music, like write your own little line of music. And these are your criteria. And a lot of them be like, well, what do I put? I'd be like, you make it up. Like you think mm-hmm. about it. You, whatever you want to put, like you, I gave them xylophones so they could hit the notes so they could hear it themselves. And like, I'm like, you make it up. It is, it, there's no right or wrong here. And I feel like kids sometimes always feel like there's a right or a wrong. And right. when it comes to the creative space, there's not necessarily a right or a wrong and it's getting them to open their mind. So I completely understand that. I, I, you are 100% right. If they're not, if, you, and they think if you are asking them a question about it, you must, it must be wrong. Yeah. If you're questioning yes. them, then they must be wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's not how that, it's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm going to go to the reg ed room because I'm an ELA teacher. You're my creative friends. But ELA and writing, you have to be creative. And I had a class, I've talked about them before. They're my, they were hands down my favorite class. They were all friends in there, but they all expected that. I shouldn't say all. There was about five or six of them that like, I get perfect grades. I get, so every step in the writing process, I had a couple that would go, is this okay? Is this okay? And I'm, I'm like, you're just going to write. This is a draft. And then we're going to grade your, we're going to go through your draft and I will grade the final project, but I I want it to be perfect first. And then, and I'm like, but that's not the process. The process is let's see how this, you know, do you like the way those words sound together? Is there different adjectives or there verbs we could use? So you get it down, but, but is this okay? Will you check it first? I'm like, no, I'll check it when I grade it. We're going to draft and then we're going to discuss and then you're going to (laughs) rewrite. And it was just like, wait, you're not going to tell me if it's right or wrong first? No, no, I'm not. Yeah. And it was so hard for them. They want an A. They want it right. I don't want to have to go through that. I want an A right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is good. I mean, it's right that they want that. But there, I just feel like there's so many things in their lives that are, it's processed information that you just need to be able to tell me that two plus two is four and you are right. When there's so, you get out in the real world and you don't have that. Yeah. I mean, you don't uh, yeah, it, figure things out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my son that graduated from high school two years ago. He's 19. He went to welding school. 
um, for 18 months, came or 18 weeks, sorry, came back and he has a very good job and he could travel the world if he wanted to, he could do that. And some of, sometimes he comes home and I insist stuff and I am like, where did you ever get that? Why are you, why do you think that? Why are people, why are you saying that? He's like, I knew you were going to say that. And I, I'm like, use your common sense. And he's like, oh, okay. Because I honestly sometimes don't think that they have the, the, I don't know that it's a capability, but I don't just, they don't have to. Because everything. Yeah, they don't right, have to. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it, it's it, that work smarter, not harder thing, but that's not always good. Right. Think it's about just, it. It's that work so. ethic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Instant gratification. And when you can put your phone up to your face and ask it a question. When you can just smart. go Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Theory. We're, We're guilty not. of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. But I need to start painting and doing all creative. I, I need to play music and paint. You do. Just, you do. We need to turn Angel into a creative. <laughs> I, it's there. It's just taking my brain to my hand and making it work. Because Andrea is the one that I called and I said, "Hey, Andrea, they're gonna they want me to teach art." And she's like, "Do they know you?" <laughs> I, like, I, yeah, <laughs> I think you're not. You're you're creative, just in a different way. Yeah. I cannot. I can draw. I can draw and I can paint. I cannot decorate a house for the life of me. And you're good at that. See, it's just a yeah. different thing. It's a different creative. Yeah, there that is go. very true. Yeah. And thank goodness Andrea doesn't grade on what hits the canvas. She grades on the technique. Maybe I could just like get the technique. <laughs> there you go. go. There you go. Yeah. So it, um, kind of staying on track here, moving forward. Um art and just the, the the art i should say maybe um very therapeutic very what do you have any and i'm springing this on you do you have any strategies with what you know blending art into the regular classroom or are you just kind of um i mean because you you have a great um classroom model anyway for a regular teacher like what you were talking about the um capturing kids hearts and that do you have any if a kid says i like to to draw or whatever do you have any way a regular ed, a regular teacher like me could incorporate art um we actually have a lot of teachers at the school who have i mean we have one of our math teachers does string art with one of her classes and it's not the string art like i do it's the string art that she does where those kids have to figure the angles where the nails are going and all that kind of stuff. And after they get, you know, all of that marked out and mapped out, then they get to pick the colors and they get to string it and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that that is an awesome thing that she does and she does it every year. It's kind of her last project of the year and they turn out, Oh my gosh, they always display them in the hallway and they are beautiful 
we had an art teacher that or a math teacher that did that every year too i loved it when mm-hmm. it was that time of year and she hung them up in the That's we have thing. our science teacher she has the kids every year they have to they're in a group and they have to make well she does a couple of things one of them she they had to make a catapult out of trash oh how cool and she gave them like a paper cup or something and then everything else they had to either bring in or find in the trash and she also has every year when her earth science class um when they're studying the planets she they all make their own models of the planet and they have to be like size wise and then she hangs them up in her room across her room you know i mean they always are our teachers do stuff like that i even have some of them come and ask me and say hey i want you know we're studying this is this something that you think that these kids could do that kind of stuff so i so am, i am i don't want i i am so lucky the school district that i work in i mean we have our faults and you know people that don't get along with other people and all that kind of stuff but for the most part everybody is there for the kids and they are all trying to help want every kid to succeed we have a list i mean this is totally off subject also but we have a list when we went on uh our pandemic or whatever we had a list of kids that we go through every year and all of the teachers say i have a relationship with this kid i and we make sure that every kid k or uh, seven through 12 has a teacher that will touch base with them at least twice at least twice a week we have to talk to these kids and some of them are kids like i mean i'm an art teacher i don't see every kid but some of the kids on my list and it's like 10 or 12 kids so it's kind of like we treat it like our homeroom you know so we know when their birthdays are so if they don't get a birthday present guess what that's your job you either have to write them an affirmation card we carry around these little cards that say like have a great day and stuff you either have to give them an affirmation card, put their name up on this board that we have at school and say it's their birthday, that kind of thing. That's kind of your job. Mm-hmm. So now there's going to be a huge influx of applications for teachers moving to Cordon, Iowa. We need <laughs> Because, I mean, it's, it's seriously. There are districts around here who are like seven to ten teachers down. Ooh. And we're one. And it's a part That's unheard of. Yeah, and it's a part time job, so it's. I think that that's why it's hard to get somebody's because it's a part time job. Mm-hmm. I don't know what our stats are. You're only down one part time job. Our stats are better this year, I imagine. Um, but last year we had fifty plus openings. Oh, wow. this see. time of year. At this time of year, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So there's that. Um, but that's that's kind of like what is really driving me is. Even though those teachers that we have that I always use the term pluck them off the street. Well, they're not just being plucked off the street. There are some really good kids that when I hear like, oh, my gosh, she would be great in that role. And they've got to go back, get their two year whatever certification. And um, and I'm like, yeah, that, that was great. So I I've kind of reached out to a few of them like you're going to be great at this. Make sure you do this, this and this because I had them as my student. And even though that's not what they went to school for, maybe they quit college because they had to help at home or whatever. There's several reasons why, but this is an opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. So I see that good end, 
But then I also see the end where like, I'm here just to collect a paycheck. I've heard that from several districts in our area, not just ours. And that's sad um, because it's such an important job. It's such a, it just like you're saying, like, it's more than just teaching. It's how many do you have relationships with? You become a stand-in parent. Yeah. You're going to get them. And that's why you have such great results in your classroom and in your school district. They've been recognized. And they have to, I mean, the kids have to buy into it too. Like I said, I mean, we've been doing this capturing kids' hearts thing. And I swear to you right now, Justin, my 19-year-old is sitting in there in the living room. And I'm sure he's starving because it's, you know, past six o'clock. And he, uh, if I went in there and said, what are you doing? Because that's the first behavior question. What are you doing? He would be like, uh, because he was raised like that. And then I always, he, sometimes when we would get into it, when he was in high school, he would say, don't be going all teachery on me. <laughs> Stuff like that. Because that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. So. Because it works. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or are you really talking to me like that? So I am. I am Miss McConaughey right now. Yeah. <laughs> it always worked, but still. So I I, well, I go ahead. Go. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say I really do feel like that being a teacher is a really hard job. You get very little thanks out of it um and it takes someone with a really strong personality i think I, I think that that's what it comes down to you have to have a strong personality no matter what that personality is but you have to have a strong personality especially in the secondary because I used to love when I had to go down to the elementary because those kids are like, oh, Ms. McConaughey's here. We're going to do some kind of a project. Yay. That's great. But the high school, it's usually like, oh, what are we going to do today? And I think that that scares a lot of people away. Yeah. Because they know, I mean, yes, you don't make great money doing it. I mean, it's a sustainable paycheck, but it's not great money. And it's hard. And it takes more than 745 to 345 every day. And and a lot of times it's a thankless job. I mean, you really put yourself out there for some of those kids and um, especially the ones that are in a tough situation and they're not going to thank you. Like you, you're just getting them through the day. And to, to you, that's like, okay, I got that kid through the day. They go home. It starts all over. So there's, it's thankless at home. Um, you know, you're, you're really blessed. Until huh? Until they get older. I do have, I, I feel like I'm overtaking this. I do have. So the the girl that lived with me for a while, Angel knows all about her. I had a student that I brought home with me when my kids were extremely little. And she lived with us for about six months. So what, 20 years later, I get a Snapchats from her every single day. She is a registered nurse. Aww. She has three kids. She's married. Um, she takes her kids. I swear she's one of those moms who has a project every day for her kids. But she Snapchats all this, sends this to me. I have a student that he uh, tried to <laughs> tried to commit suicide twice while he was in high school. He was in he was in my class for five years. 
and he tried to commit suicide twice while he was in there. Thankfully, he was very unsuccessful at it. And he lives in Des Moines now, has a job, Snapchats me at least twice a week just to check in. And I have another boy who every same thing, twice a week. So, and these kids are 30 years old. 30 years old. Yeah. I mean, she just sort of aged us, but you know, the kids are 30 years old, but <laughs> she aged you guys. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so it but, does come back and you do get your thanks. It's just not immediate usually. <laughs> right. And you have to be very intrinsically motivated going, that felt good. I know I helped them. And if you're not, especially in the role like Andrea had, it, you're it's not cut out. You're not cut out for that. Yeah. No. So, and if I had, um, if I would have had any, I've always told my husband this too. If I would have had any um, issues at home, you know, if I was unhappy at home or if I would have been raised in an unhappy, I mean, I am a poster child for a spoiled, rotten childhood. 100% grandparents, parents, I had, I had it all and they were all happy and they were all, you know, I mean, it was not, there was nothing. And if I would have had to deal with any things like that while I was, I, I wouldn't have, been, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. If you had as many aces that you didn't get, uh, learn to, yeah. uh, yeah. Regulate. I don't know what the word okay. I'm looking for, yes. but some resilience, you wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, but you're a very resilient person. So when she's, she's my friend, Aaron calls it uh, the white picket fence childhood. That's how she grew up. Parents, 100%. Yeah. She had her, her whole family was intact. Her whole family's close. And Cassie was talking about that earlier. And I'm the poster child for um, the ACEs study. <laughs> but Again, I'm. I feel like I also could be like, here's here's an ace, but here's also what having steady, loving people in your life and the Andreas of the world that are good friends and call you on your BS because that's what I need. I needed that, and these kids who have all these aces, they need that too. Yeah. No one's done it. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, but they need to know you care about them before you start doing that. Exactly. Build a relationship. I was training you, Andrea, all through college. That's what I should get part of your tuition. <laughs> <laughs> she she was your yeah. student teaching right there. Yeah. <laughs> no I'd only known then what I know now. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, um, we have been chatting for quite a while. Um, we try to keep our podcast 30 to 45 minutes max, but um this one might go a little over. But thank you very much, Andrea, for joining us and chatting with us and um, telling us all about it. She's, she told me the day, she's like, I don't want to brag about myself. I'm like, you're not. It's just fact. This is what you did. This is what you do. Yep. You're good at it. Period. Yeah. I'm, excited. So, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about yeah. talking to people about stuff like this. So yeah. that's all. So, and if you live in mid-Missouri, Andrea is going to join Cassie and I um, for one day retreat that um it's kind of last minute but and and we don't have um all of the spots full yet but andrew's going to be there to do some art with you so if you want to join uh go on through our educational solutions.com and click on courses and you will find it yeah. so we'll sign off thank you andrea 
Yeah, thank, thank you. you for having me. Of course. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, join us every Wednesday for more conversations about what's happening in today's educational world. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can find more information about what we offer at 3reducationalsolutions.com. That's the number three, letter R, educationalsolutions.com.